please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are coming to the end of this chapter. We'll begin in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 26. It's where we left off last week after we discussed so many things about life and eternal life. Amen? Remember that? And I said to you that this verse explains why the Apostle John went to all that trouble and he says, These things I have written to, written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. I want you to notice the word try. Amen? They're going to try to deceive you. So you need to understand that this isn't that you will be deceived. This is them trying. This is you finding out today how not to be deceived. Amen? <laughs> okay? <laughs> and this is a third characteristic of people that are against Christ or opposed to Christ, what we call Antichrist, added to leaving the church. Remember we looked at that in verse 19. And denying Jesus Christ, which was in verse 22. Now we find out that they try to deceive the faithful. Amen. Accordingly, Simon J. Kistemacher says that the Apostle John urges the readers to remain true to what they have learned. To remain true to what they have learned. I want you to think about that. You know, I've seen so many people get off track. You know, they don't stay true to what they had learned. And, and I think sometimes people are looking for something new. Can I just say this? What we need to do is not look for anything new as much as let's get good at what we know. Amen. Amen? And yes, there is a lot still out there. And I believe that there are a lot of things that we have forgotten. Yeah. See, the early church knew a lot of stuff. And thank God they wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I don't know what kind of mess we would have been today if it wasn't written. But they wrote it down so that we could have the benefit of going back and looking at that and understanding what they knew and why they had the kind of life that they did. Especially the Apostle John. Hallelujah. Amen? Okay. <laughs> and it goes in the, he goes on to say here, And knowing the difference between truth and error, they ought to avoid people who are trying to lead them astray. Now, see, this is something else the Apostle John brings out. He's saying, listen, I know you know the truth. Which is really interesting now, because it tells us something. It tells us that we are never without the Spirit of God. We are never without that voice on the inside of us telling us something is off here. And what we must not do is override that and allow something to come in. I remember a minister saying that he, he once went... He knew what, you know, what was being ministered was wrong because people had been complaining to him. And so he just went to check it out. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay. And he said he's, he so regrets doing that because he said, I can't unhear the things that were said. Is that interesting? And he said, it's better not to hear than to have to erase things and have to come against things <clears throat> that you've heard that you knew wasn't right to begin with. Amen. Amen. And so we need to be careful about that. And that's why Jesus says, be careful what you listen to. He says, take heed what you hear. Is the old King James. You know, you all go, oh yeah, I know that verse. Okay. That's the same thing that what I said. <laughs> okay. He said, just be careful what you're listening to because it does find its way into your heart. Proverbs tells us that. Amen. 
And in Proverbs chapter 4, in verses 20 through 22, it tells us, be careful what you let in through your ears and through your eyes, because they do find their way into your heart, and your heart is where your life is. And if you let death in, then that's what's going to start happening. Amen. Moving on. The Apostle Paul issues the same warning in 1 Timothy 4.1 from the New Living Translation when he says to Timothy, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from what we believe. They will follow lying spirits. Did you hear that? Lying spirits. Okay. And teachings that come from demons. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so you're probably not catching it up there. Listen to what he says again. They will follow lying, uh, lying spirits and teachings that come from not God. Can I say that? It says doctrines of demons. See, these doctrines, these teachings come from hell. No, you know, can we just stop a minute? <laughs> okay. Hey, don't listen to stuff that comes from hell. Why do you want to do that? Amen. Oh, but it sounds interesting. Don't do it. Okay? There's always a hook attached to it. You know, it's like the fish that's hanging on a hook. You know, you want to eat the fish, but the hook goes with it. And then you can't break free from it. Are you all with me? Amen. <clears throat> the scriptures, this scripture helps us to see and understand more clearly where all that is called anti antichrist, which means against Christ or in place of Christ, comes from or originates from, and that is demons and hell itself. Alright, this goes back to what the Apostle John said in verse 22, and that is, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. To which Thomas F. Johnson writes, the term liar, it, listen to this, okay, is associated with Satan in John 8.44 and 2 Thessalonians 2.9. He is also the deceiver. Remember? He says, try to deceive you. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about this now. And he says he is also the deceiver. He says where Antichrist and deceiver are associated in 2 John verse 7. And also who deceives the world, which Revelation 12, 9 and a couple other scriptures, okay, tells us. So it tells us again that he is a deceiver who deceives the whole world. So John is implying, therefore, that the false teaching, teachers are under demonic influence. Did you get that? All right. When he uses terms like antichrist, liar, and deceiver to describe them. That's the reason why he uses such, you know, can I say harsh terms, is because he's saying, do you not understand that this is coming from hell? If it is coming from hell, it is coming to do one job. It, uh, what did Jesus say the job of the devil was? What he comes to do, kill, steal, and destroy. So every doctrine that comes from hell will do that. It will come to steal, to kill, and destroy. It will come to steal your joy, steal your hope, steal your happiness, steal your kids. And can we add the other two to it? I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> okay? You know, amen? And you need to be aware of what is coming against you, where it's coming from, and learn to turn things off. Some of the things, some of the worst things I have heard haven't come from secular things. They have come from people not rightly dividing the word of truth, 
which also then gets me to question where they're hearing and what are they hearing, where is it coming from? See, can I give you a huge revelation? Are you ready for a big revelation? The devil goes to church. <gasps> yes, he attends more regularly than, <laughs> than most Christians. He's there every Sunday. <laughs> okay. Hello. Listen, man. <laughs> you need, do you know why? Do you know how we know that? Because Jesus talks about the sower sows the word. And, it say, and it's, then he begins to talk about different people. And, he, and, and he's talking about different hearts, really, and how they receive the word. And one of them is that the enemy, the devil, comes to steal immediately. Everything that falls on hard ground is stolen immediately. How can he steal immediately something unless he's there, right next to you? Absolutely. Listening to you go, well, I don't think that'll work. Got it. Stole that one from him. Amen? And for those that get it, then he talks about the different ways that he tries to squeeze it out of you. And we don't, we want to, we don't want to go into you know, all that detail. But also understand, you're not alone. You know, some people just go, oh my God, the devil's there. Yeah, but then there is this huge angel next to you going, I'm here too. I'm bigger. <laughs> I still have God all over me and I can beat this to a pulp if you just let me. If you stop denying stuff, if you start, if you, you know, see, this is where I think sometimes our focus goes on the wrong thing. And a lot of people, sometimes they preach a spiritual message and everybody goes out of the church worrying about the devil. Because that's what they preached in guise of the word of God. That the devil will come and he'll come. Can I get a little black on you here? I'm brown. I'm, I'm halfway there. Oh, you know, <laughs> hello. Okay. You know, they're going to say, well, he's going to come at you. He's going to come at you, baby. And he's going to get you. And he's going to take it out of you. And you won't, you just be, you hang on there till the end, brother. Hang on till the end. And you do good, dear God. I need to find another religion. This is too hard, <laughs> you know. You know, because in their enthusiasm, they're magnifying the devil. Amen. Don't be like Elijah's servant who went out and said, oh, dear Lord, and that's putting it mildly, we're in trouble. Because he saw the mountain full of horses and chariots. Remember the, the opposing army? Elijah, and see, this is sometimes what happens. People preach messages that, that that's all people walk out seeing. Amen. But you need to understand, Elisha said, God, open his eyes. And then he looked around, and it was around Elisha. He said, and he looked around, and there were his horses and chariots. These were on fire. Hallelujah. You look at that, you look at this. Suddenly you go from fear to kind of being sorry for them. And seriously, you think, oh, God. God, they're going to suffer. You know, the sort of things that God can do. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Pharaoh's army, man, was chasing Moses. And it says he squared their wheels. Can you imagine what that feels like? Going at about 100 miles an hour on a square wheel. Oh, that would, remember there's no bonnet. 
Oh, there's another one. You can see the soldiers flying off. Have you seen Ben-Hur? You know in them chariot races and they're kind of bouncing almost? Now put a square wheel on it. Okay. (laughs) Are you getting this? Amen. Hallelujah. Understand something. We, We have so much more from God that will encourage us, that will bless us, that will lift us up, not to go looking for things that are going to tear us down, take away our hope, and bring whatever faith we have to nothing. You don't need that in your life. Amen? Remember, there are more with you than against you. Sometimes I think, I have one more thought that I need to share with you. Sometimes I think, because we know the authority that we have, I hope a light bulb goes on with this one, okay? Because we know the authority that we have, I think sometimes we want to fight our battles by ourselves. Because, bless God, we are a child of God, and we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, and we have the armor of God, and we just want to take on hell. Go for it, but also understand, there's a whole bunch of angels, you know, armed to the T, behind you. They don't go on lunch breaks. They're standing there, sword in hand, going, is there anything for us to do today? No, he's trying to take on 600 demons himself again. And then he's going to say, oh God, why is this so hard? Well, there's all this help standing around going, well, I'm doing nothing today. He's complaining again. Do you get a revelation? Listen, man, one of the benefits of being a child of God, is you got all these angels looking after you. Some days you just need to go, you know what, you just go take care of him. I'm just going to sit here and chill for a minute. And let the carnage happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You don't think there are some angels that's itching to get at those things that have been attacking you. The person that they were assigned to look after. The person that they are responsible for. And they have to give an account for how they looked after you. The Bible tells us they do that. That we will be judging them at one point in time. Of how they took care of us. You didn't know that one, did you? That's another sermon. Okay, getting back to this. (laughs) Remember again that the Apostle John had already acknowledged that believers are not ignorant. But that they do know the truth. And therefore, all he's doing now is making sure that they're on guard and fully aware of anyone trying to lead them astray, especially in the light of what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 4. And we're going to look at where this came from. And that is, take heed that no one deceives you. Jesus says, take heed, no one deceives you. He's saying, pay attention. Be on guard. Amen? When things start to sound off, back off. It is not a sign of weakness to walk away from something that is trying to kill you. If somebody's shooting a gun, duck. Is that a revelation? Do I need to? No, okay. <laughs> okay. Some people just stand there. In addition to this, Jesus also says in Mark 13, 23, He says, so be on your guard. This is Mark 13, 23. I have told you everything ahead of time. Now, as to what led Jesus to say all of this, and I'm I'm not going to read everything because this is a discourse that takes place over about three chapters, about three and a half chapters. We don't have time. 
to do the <laughs> come to Bible college. All right. <laughs> so what we're going to do is just take a little look at something. In Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and what will be, can I add the words, what will be the sign of the end of the age? Because that makes sense, okay? He's asked, so, because what I want you to do is see three questions here. I'm not going to answer all those questions, but they ask him three very specific questions. When will these things be? He has already described certain things are going to happen. They want to know when it's going to happen. And also he says, what will be the sign of your coming? Interesting question, isn't it? Aren't we all looking for that? Absolutely. That's why I thought I'd better share some of this with you. And the last thing was, he said, what will, be the, what will be the sign of the end of the age? So we see two things there as well, that the sign of his coming and the sign of the end of the age are two different things. Did you catch that? Okay, otherwise they wouldn't have asked both questions. And um, like I said, I'm going to spend only a few verses on this. And Jesus answered, verse 4, and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. That's the verse we read, okay? And what follows is everything they need to know not to be deceived. Beginning with verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. Can I add, but not us? Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. So I want you to notice how they come. They come saying, I am Christ. You all know what the word Christ is? It's the word anointed. The anointed and his anointing. Okay. That's why you need to understand that Jesus Christ, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Okay. It, you know, it is talking about an anointing. Amen. Jesus, the anointed and his anointing. Is what it actually means. Now, so what, he, what, what he's saying is there are people that are going... See now, can I say it this way? There are people that are going to come and say, I am anointed. And they're going to go back to a verse, and I, sh I wish I brought that verse out now. That say, when God says, don't touch my anointed. The thing is, family, you are God's anointed. And all those claiming to be anointed, trying to deceive you, are actually touching God's anointed. So something is going to come on them. You just need to know that God has His hand on you. God will protect you. God will talk to you. Sometimes yell, because you're not listening. Okay? He, will do, he will do everything He can to get through to you. To let you know when something is off. Amen. Do you know you have to actively reject and disobey to get off track? I like what, what one minister said. You know, th this guy was asking him, do you find it difficult to sin? He says, yeah, I really have to try hard. It's a real effort to sin. And it should be that way for all of us. Because we always say, oh, I fell into sin, but righteousness is so hard. Family, it should be the exact opposite. We should be falling into righteousness. We should just be automatically doing the right thing. <laughs> Amen? And be so difficult to do what's wrong. Because we have so much going on on the inside of us that everything is putting the brakes. It's like you trying to drive, you know, push a car that has its brake on up the hill. Oh, that, oh, yeah, okay, that's how difficult it should be. If it isn't, you need to go check yourself. Okay, get a checkup from the you know, neck up kind of thing. Okay, you just need to know what's in your head. Amen. All right. So, verse six, and you will hear of wars 
and rumors of wars. Is that what's happening now? Amen. We're in this time, family. Okay. Notice he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Listen to me now. Are you ready for another one? Here's another revelation. Do you know how you hear about these things? Through the media. Don't believe everything you see and everything you hear. This is why Jesus said some are going to be deceived. Because they're going to swallow whole everything that everybody is saying. You know they lie to you. Do you know that people have sued people for saying things on TV? Because they've lied. And you know what? They deceived a whole group of people. But because that person or that personality said it, everybody believed it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be careful of what you allow into your life. Amen? And notice again, he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, now watch this. He said, see that you are not troubled. For all these things don't really have to come to pass. Because if you pray really hard, it won't happen. Come on, I'm, I'm just playing with you now, okay? You need to catch this. Because a lot of people say, well, if you pray really hard, it won't happen. Do you all see that's not what Jesus said? What did Jesus say? He said, these things must come to pass. That doesn't mean you have to be a victim to all of them. Because you're being warned about them. You can pray. See, what you can do is pray a covering over yourself. What you can pray is for God's blessing to be upon you, God's anointing to be upon you. If there's going to be a famine, let it happen everywhere else except with you. You, you know, you sowed and reaped a hundredfold that year. Just like Isaac, you know what I mean? We are in the blessing, not under the curse. But the, this earth is under a curse. And so you need to understand certain things will happen, but you don't have to be a, um, a victim of those things. You can do, as my, my daughter is going to sing today, you can rise above all of it. It doesn't mean it's not happening. You just rise above it. Get to a place where, you, you know, a thing with eagles, I believe, is when there's a storm going, you know what they do? While all the other birds sit there and get wet, run for cover, they just rise above the storm. And they just fly over it, and they hang out there for a while. And they go, is it finished raining on everybody yet? And they go, uh-huh, uh-huh, I think, uh, yep, that's it. Okay, now I'll land. Oh, good, my nest is now washed out and clean. Didn't have to do any washing today of the floors, you know, it just got done. Thank you, God. While everybody else is going, oh, they're like, yeah, that's good. That worked for me. And you shall mount up on wings as eagles. Not run around down here like turkeys. Amen? Amen? Amen. Moving on. So see that you are not troubled. Okay? For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So here's the second thing we must do, added to not being deceived, we must not allow ourselves to be troubled. So there are two things now God, the, the Lord has said. First he said, take heed no one deceives you, verse 4. Now he says in verse 6, he says, see that you are not troubled. If you're not deceived, you won't be troubled. 
Continuing on in verse 7, he says, For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against, king, against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Notice various places. You might say, well, I don't have any earthquakes here. Well, it didn't say it'll be where you are. <laughs> okay? It'll be in various places. And you say, well, well, I haven't had any famine. Well, check the world. Check out the map, man. There are places that are suffering right now. Okay? So he's saying there are going to be places, just because we're in a good place, so to speak, that doesn't mean these things are not going on around the world. Are you all here? Amen? And he says here, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, what he's going to do, notice he says the beginning. Everybody sees this and says, Woo, this is the end. But he says these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, it's been 2,000 years since he said it. So we're all hoping it's the end now. <laughs> Amen, okay, all right, okay. But even, even if it takes another 200 years, not that it will, but even if it does, we should be 200 years you know, we should have 200 years worth of testimonies and stories of how we overcame things. Not stories of defeat and how we hung in there. Amen. If we continue reading on here, the, what the, the, the Lord goes on to address is all the things that are going to happen to a Jewish nation now that rejected him when he was there at this point in time. But all of this is going to occur after we're gone. The rest, <laughs> hallelujah. The rest of what he's going to talk about is going to be after we're gone. And the, the Jewish nation is going to go under a lot of persecution. And it's going to say that they're going to kill them and all kinds of things. And y'all, you know, we can see that coming. That's the reason why we pray for them. Listen to me. Not because they're anything special, but because they have been targeted. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Because, you know, of their disobedience, at a certain point in time in history, they are now sort of in a place of judgment, and they're in a place where they are totally exposed, and the enemy can just attack them whenever and wherever he wants to. They put themselves in that place. What do we do when we have, you know, a loved one in that place? We don't go, well, you know what? They deserve it. Let them, you know. <laughs> I hope you don't do that, okay? <laughs> All right? We, what do we do? We pray for them. Do you understand that all the things that it says, you know, about praying for Israel is because Israel got itself in trouble. It, it was the custodians of the word of God. They held it for us. And then they made a bad decision at the end. You hear what I'm saying? And because of that, they're paying for it now. So what we are meant to do is pray for them. Do you know the position that you pray for them from? Not as anything less but as, what the Bible says, as the body of Christ. See, they are the servants of Jesus. We're His body. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need to take care of them as His body. Not do it in an inferior way. But understand our position that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? That we are a spiritual race that have been given all kinds of dominion and authority. And we are to use that not just to look after ourselves, but to take care of anybody that's in trouble. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Okay. Therefore, <laughs> for those of us who have received the Lord as our Savior, 
Can we all put our hand up on that one? Amen. Okay, you don't have to, but I know I'm just saying in your heart you are, okay? All right, for all those who are, of us who have received the Lord as our Savior, not only will, be, will we be in heaven when the worst of this is going on, but even right now we have the privilege and opportunity to be able to read the signs given in the scriptures and be pre-warned of not only what is to come, but also what to look for. Amen? So that you can just look at something and go, I know what's happening there. Well, everybody else is going, oh my God, what's going on? You go, I know, settle down, I know. It's cool, <laughs> okay? Thereby making it virtually impossible for the devil to deceive us. I said virtually impossible. It's up to you. Amen? But again, as long as we remain in the Word and in the Spirit. If we do, the, if we do those two things, Satan cannot deceive someone that is in God. Do you know why? Because we found out at the beginning of this epistle that if you are in the light as he is in the light, no darkness can come in. The only problem is when we get out of the light, we become exposed to darkness. Amen? Amen. So what, what did the Apostle John say? Stay in the light. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word, and we just thank you, Father, that we make a decision to remain in the light. We thank you, Father, for all the signs, for all the things that you have given us to help us to see what is coming, to never...